Now playing side A. Hey guys, Jordan here from the Smart Stories, new and adapted. So I'll have you know, we all are trying to find a way to get through our careers. A lot of us don't want to be in a job that has pretty much been set up for us, that already has its own job description. A lot of us want to be independent which I think is good. And if you do want a, a structured job where you're automatically a part of a team, where you're able to work up through a company, that's great too. However, today I do wonder, what is the best way to move about taking those risks necessary to chart your own path? We talk about it a lot, but I've never seen tangible ways, or at least I've never seen too many tangible ways and strategies to move about that kind of process. Well, there have been two brothers that I have known throughout the years that I think do a pretty good job of just that. Kyle and Jeffrey Emile will be talking with us and telling us their story, which of course is a main crux of our podcast. So I'll be interviewing uh, the first brother, Kyle Emile, and you'll be hearing the second brother, Jeffrey Emile, be interviewed by one of our very dear friends. So, here's the first interview, and feel free to hear all about how Kyle Emil has been avoiding potholes. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I uh, grew up in a really big, well, I was born into, I guess, a big family. And that, like, my mom and dad have a plethora of brothers and sisters. I think my mom has, like, 11 total. And my dad maybe has, like, four or five. And they're all in New York City, so what that means is that cousins and aunts and uncles were everywhere. We spent a lot of time hanging out with each other. Um, my mom and dad uh, split when I was nine, and my mother went to Michigan, which was, like, a, I guess kind of a bit of a culture shock, kind of, right, to go from Brooklyn, New York, to Berrien Springs, Michigan, um, was uh, quite a change. Um, the Aldarian Springs was really rural, but the thing that was, I mean, the, the, the thing that was different about being there compared to New York was like the freedom that I had as a kid. And what I mean by that is like, I could just go outside and, and, and play and not have like to think about like, you know, or the, the, the threats of danger were just so much lower, just much lower. So it, it allowed me a lot of freedom. I got a chance to do a lot of exploring and, and getting on my bike and doing my own thing. Uh, that was really great because it allowed me to develop, I think, a broad range of skill sets, allowed me to explore a lot of different things. Um, the thing that changed is we grew up in poverty, actually. Hmm. We grew up in poverty technically. Um, and technically meaning like uh, household income less than $12,000 a year, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's what constitutes it. Um, yeah, so I grew up in poverty, but was in this place that had all this opportunity for me to still grow myself, which was like a very unique and, and, and yeah, just a very unique situation. Uh, my mother got affiliated. Uh, she When she came, she moved to Berrien Springs to go to Andrews University. Um, so she was taking, she went to school there uh, and 
as a result, uh, me and my brother got a chance to just like spend a lot of time on the campus around. That's kind of how we got involved in that community. Um, I guess it's worth mentioning that Andrews University, for those who will hear this and don't know, is a Seventh-day Adventist institution, a religious institution. Uh, we were Seventh-day Adventists when living in New York, so my mom picked this place uh, specifically because it was like the Adventist Mecca, right? So we moved there. She went to school. Me and my brother spent a lot of time on the campus. Um, eventually, kind of through like, I don't know, I guess it's a bit of, of a miracle, right? Um, my mother, I think she maybe used some of her student loans to get me and my brother through school at Ruth Murdoch oh, wow. uh, Elementary School. Yeah, which is like a which is a private school affiliated with Andrews University that costs money. So the short is that me and my brother went to Ruth Murdoch and we basically went through, um, uh, I went from Ruth Murdoch to Andrews Academy, which is the sister school, which is a high school. Um, I guess it's not really a sister school, right? Uh, it's the high school that's associated with the university also. Um, all of which, like, I went through, I don't know, I think I went to Andrews Academy, Ruth Murdoch in fourth grade, and graduated high school at Andrews Academy, all of which we lived in poverty that whole time. And my mother was going to school, my mom was working, and raising two boys at the same time. Like, as I get older, I, I still don't, I don't, I, I just, I'm more impressed by it it becomes more impressive as I get older because it's it. We're looking back, it really is a remarkable feat. Um, but my mother sacrificed, like my mother basically put everything on the line for me and my brother. She's like, yeah, I'm just gonna put all my eggs. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest everything I have into you two. Um, so she was really uh, committed to making sure that we got educated. Yeah, very well educated. Um, my mother is a very religious person and she wanted me and my brother to grow up with that sense also in a religious community and now one more thing I guess before I stop um, is uh, in my, my parents are from Haiti both of them are from Haiti and New York is and when we were living in New York we lived in a very Haitian culture um, and Haitian culture is very traditional. It's very any yeah. It's it's a very traditional culture, and you you do things because the older people tell you to do things. And there's not a lot of room for questioning, exploration, or exploration. And my mother didn't want me and my brother to grow up around that. She wanted us to grow up with learning a ton of things, and and she wanted our central community not to necessarily be a Haitian one, but to be a religious one. And that's why we moved to Andrew University, and she and she. And that's why we stayed there, I guess. And she was really committed to making sure that we had like good friends and good support networks and good foundations. There were times where she was offered jobs to go live somewhere else, but knew that it would be, I guess, destabilizing for me and my brother to go and, and leave all the friends that we had made in the time there. So she passed on great opportunities to stay local so that we could um, finished out our education there um yeah and then eventually i went to Andrews university which is the campus that she first went to um graduated there and then kept moving been moving since 
you are really able to well it seems to me just from the outside looking in you're really able to make opportunities for yourself and maybe take the risk that most people are, are quite afraid to take yeah. so so how did your upbringing influence the way you move through your life and your career now yeah yeah so uh the thing about now being poor is terrible like <laughs> wouldn't recommend it zero stars um <laughs> but the thing about like if you live that and are able to come out of that the thing that it teaches you is a resourcefulness and it also teaches you like the thing that you see over and over is like like i think you have a a really clear understanding of worst case scenario right and because you've seen yourself survive the worst case scenario like like risk don't seem that bad right Mm. because you're just like if everything fails i'll just go right back to where i was you know and i've i was already there and i know how to crawl out of there right so i think it makes you just a bit more willing to take risk and um it it makes you less afraid of the worst case scenario i think more than anything else like failing i don't know i I, i've like yeah i've been there i've been there like Mm. failing you know being at zero at the bottom of the well i've just been there i've crawled down it's like if i go if i slide back there if I'm crawling up and I slip on a rock and I slide back down there, it's like, I know the path to get back up here. Mm. I've done that. So it gives me a bit of a certain bit of confidence. It also makes you bold in that, like uh, something I've seen common in, in the various workplaces I've been like the things that people think are problems are not really problems to me. Right. Mm. These are like, I I understand, you know, there's going to be social problems and, or, or, or social tension in a workplace. You may be taking business risks, but like, I remember like wondering, mm, I wonder if what I wonder what we're gonna eat tonight, right? Like that that seems like a, a real problem in or, or more real problem in comparison, right? So it, it gives you a certain kind of attitude, it gives you a certain boldness when dealing with problems, right? And uh, an attitude that makes you willing to take the risk, that that makes you willing to be uncomfortable. And I think the most important thing is that like I am comfortable being uncomfortable for a prolonged period of time i think that's where like the being able to create your own opportunity comes from having to like you had i had no choice before and that's just something i've just continued to carry out i I remember you mentioning uh how in the past you've gotten into the hole really deep you've really failed i guess you could say miserably for for lack of a better better way to put it i don't feel bad saying that because i think you're doing well now so that's uh (laughs) that's perfectly okay so I am yeah. curious because I feel like, myself included, most people are really wondering when you do hit rock bottom. So if you don't mind sharing, like, w- yeah. what happened when you, how did you get down there and then how did you get out? Yeah, so here is the thing that I think is most helpful for me. And uh, me as a person, like, I have, like, I have made a commitment to pursue what is the best version of myself endlessly. And like, in my mind, there is, like, I have kept that as my North Star. My greatest fear in life is that I do not maximize the potential that I, that I, you know, may have. My God-given potential, what I was born with, whatever you want to call it, right? And I have made a, a staunch commitment to manifesting that, right? Now, what that means is that, like, uh, and because I've made that commitment, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. 
right? It's not like, will I do it? It's like, I'm going to figure it out, right? And because, like, and now, like, the details of figuring that out are, are not, they may not be sexy, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of ups and, and downs. It's going to be, uh, there'll be turmoil, there'll be tears, there'll be sweat, there'll be pain, there'll be shame, there'll be embarrassment, right? But, like, because, but, like, those things, I don't see those things as, um, when those things happen, those those down moments, I don't see them as, uh, they don't mean anything other than just I'm having a down moment right now. Like, they're not indicative. I don't, I don't let them uh, mean something on what's my broader success because I've made a commitment to be the best I can be. Kind of, like, I've, I've committed to that in, like, a tunnel vision kind of scary way, to be honest. Um, but I think that commitment, it's, like, it's an obsession I have, and I think that's what's carried me forth like uh the potholes right Mm. uh that's what that's what's gotten me through you say that you've been able to move through those potholes so i would assume and i kind of feel like this might be true for most people like right before something really great happens you're going through a significant rough patch so 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 what so where are you right now currently Where, where are you working if you are working and yeah. and also what was happening right before that new opportunity seized you oh yeah man that's good. <laughs> so um i do two things uh i guess by day i work at a place called hustle uh we are a text messaging platform um uh helping organizations send text messages to their community to drive action um i do that by day and by night, I, I started a nonprofit called Free Intelligent Conversation, where we um, facilitate meaningful dialogue in public places with strangers. And I so by day I go and I work at Hustle, and then by night I go and work on Free Intelligent Conversation. Um, let's see. Last year, I would say last year was probably like <laughs> no, and this is like. Uh, uh, I can't, I, like, I, I guess I can't say this lightly by definition of the things I've gone through, but last year was, might have been like the worst year for me ever. Mm. Um, uh, I was in a rough spot, just rough spots. Um, I had, I'm in San Francisco, which is an incredibly expensive place to live. Uh, I moved to San Francisco because I wanted to build free intelligent conversation and I made the decision that if I'm going to, if I want to build this, I need to be where the builders are. Yeah. And right now, this is where they're at. So I moved out here and said I'll figure it out. But um, uh, it was tough, man. Super tough. I was in a. I was sometime last year. I was basically not. I was unemployed. I guess what you'd say. I was just working on free intelligent conversation. Um, no income coming in. Uh, still had things that I had to build around that. Um, at a certain point in time, I ran out of money, had to find a job. I knew someone who was working at Hustle, so I, like, went there. It was, um, it was, like, because I was looking for a job and I needed to get one pretty much as soon as possible because I was just burning through cash, I took a job that I was probably overqualified for and went into an entry-level, like, sales job, which I hated with all my heart. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got that job. One, uh, my brother had a trip happen in London last year, and he took me 
he brought me with him. Mm. And I came back, and when I came back, my landlord was like, hey, man, I need you to move out by the end of the week. Oh, no, no, I need you to move out tomorrow. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just got it. I got this job. I didn't have any, I didn't have any cash flow coming in because I just started, I was just told I needed to move out of my apartment and find a new place to live. I like hit Craigslist. I found a place, um, I hit Craigslist and found a place, reached out to this guy, found out that I've been playing basketball with him for the last like eight months at the gym. He's like, yeah, you can live here. I had to call one of my friends. I was like, Hey man, I know this is crazy, but like, can I borrow your car to try to move my stuff out tonight? Um, I was living in someone's room for basically like a month and some change, uh, doing a job that I hated. Uh, it was like, it was just all over the place. And like the thing about failing, I don't, uh, people who like, there's a term out that's become kind of a trope and says being broke is expensive. And it is, man. You Mm. just like every, like you just can't afford, um, you can't afford the unexpected expenses of life, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was just being sidelined, like just things like uh, a bus ticket that was more expensive than planned, or, or or someone charged too much for food or whatever. Like I was just like trying to hustle and figure it out. But what ended up happening is I stayed at this company. I did this job at Hustle, and I did it good. I did it well enough to get promoted. Um, now I'm in a job that I actually really like at Hustle. And they're paying me well, right? So, uh, quick question. Yeah. So, how long were you uh, working at the job before you got promoted? And this was at Hustle, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I did it for eight months. Oh wow. Yeah, I did it for eight months, and it was a nightmare, man. It was a nightmare. Mm. Uh, not because of the job per se, but it was just like it was the combination of the job and a bunch of other things happening, right? That made it. Uh, tough now, now i should say the company hustle is a fantastic company it's a great team it was just a job that i was not happy doing mm. um and 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 the combination of other things just made it tough right but uh yeah i like i just stuck through that man i just like was grinding my teeth and just bit the bullet and dealt with it all um came i yeah i just stuck through it i stayed at hustle because i thought there was a lot of potential and, and there still is, and, and it turned out I was right about that. Um, yeah, that changed, uh, which uh, allowed a couple other things to change for me also. Uh, I was able to get some ground under my feet and then really start being aggressive about building free intelligent conversation. So now I'm in a place I can look back and tell you that now, I got, now I'm the survivor and I got the story and I can tell you, like, it like it looks good now, but I, in the time, man, it was rough man wow. it was super rough um and i know that there was like there were many a times where like i don't know people were implying like yo man maybe you should just like you know just go back home or, or go do something else you know but um i knew like to what i said before i knew what i was i knew what my goals were and like i had a laser focus on that and i knew that like it didn't look sexy now but i knew that i could come up out of it so then i, I stuck there
Now please turn to side B. recently had the opportunity to sit down with award-winning filmmaker Jeffrey Emil. Jeff is a storyteller and an all-around creative who currently lives and works in Atlanta, Georgia. I've known Jeff for a couple of years now and I can confidently say that he's a hustler. I've always appreciated the way he crafts his art, bridging stories, culture, and stunning visuals. Jeff recently got the opportunity to be a part of a fellowship with Jubilee Media a giant YouTube content creator with a growing 2.3 million subscriber community. Jubilee has produced a number of viral videos and the opportunity to intern with them for a few weeks in the summer of 2018 was really impactful for Jeff. Listen in. I feel like life changing is just very cliche. So like the word I'll use is life growing experience. Just some of the dopest, genuine, just most authentic people I think I've ever met um, the coin, the phrase they've coined is radical empathy. That's like their motto um, when it comes to just their video content and understanding people. Um, and you can just see it. It's a cultural thing, man. It's not just something that they preach, but it's a it's a posture that everybody wears. Um, so yeah, and it yeah, just un- I don't even know how to. Jeff says that getting the internship was kind of on a whim. He saw the opportunity. Put his application in, sent over his demo reel, and kind of forgot about it. So I'm chilling, and then Tuesday I see a call from California on my phone. I'm like, "Uh, is this a test? Do I send it to voicemail?" So I pick it up. I'm like, "Hello," uh, and then you know, "Hey, this is Jean from Jubilee." I'm like, "Oh, we're really about to do this." So she's like, "Yeah, I saw you know your application. I just wanted to talk to you a little more." And like, I was so caught off guard. She's like, "This is a good time." I'm like, "Of course, it's a great time. Let's talk." So we sit down, and maybe for twenty to thirty minutes, um, I just get asked questions about like why I want to make films, um, and where basically. They were really just seeing where my heart's at. Um, so we talked about that. And yeah, they're like, you know, thank you for just your interest in this. We'll let you know in about another week if, you know, we select you or not. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and now, of course, super anxious, right? Like, oh, I want to get this so bad. So a week later, I get the call or I get an email. I forgot which one it was. And it was like, you've been accepted. And I'm like, this is nuts. Um, so, you know, I text like everybody close to me. I'm like, yo, I'm going to California. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like mini celebration in my room. Later on, I learned uh, I learned that there were a lot of people who applied that were very talented. Um, but they realized that people's intentions for wanting to come out and be a part of the fellowship were not in the right place. Um, so I think it's uh, for anybody that has a gift, a talent, I mean, everybody has them. Whatever yours is, just make sure that like your heart is in the right place for wanting to do why you want to do what you want to do. Because, yeah, people people will pick up on if there is a if there's not a genuine spirit behind what you're doing, people will pick up on that. Um, and that's not to say now go out and pretend to be a fake person so you can get the opportunities you want. But for me, coming from a faith background, like my approach more so is just like praying every day for God to just like grow my character. Like that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, And just to allow 
my heart to be pure in the things that I do. Um, Jeff talks a lot about his faith and character, more than most 20-something-year-old bachelors living in a big city. And he does so in explicit and unapologetic terms. His faith is so important to who he is that it almost inevitably comes up, no matter what the subject. When I asked about his faith, he pivoted a bit, telling me about his family first. So I am one of two, meaning I have one older brother. Uh, his name is Kyle. Um, and we were born in Brooklyn, New York, relocated to Berrien Springs, Michigan. Berrien Springs is like second home. My mother, Chantal Joannis, I spelled her whole government name out there. I know she wanted to do that. I'm just saying my mother. <laughs> my mother is like just the most devoted faith-based person that I know. Her story is like incredible, and I hope one day she'll let me tell it. Uh, but I don't know if we're at that point yet. It's just like from for what she has seen in her life, um, what she has been through, what she has like conquered, like on like if if you were to put like the data on paper, me and my brother should not be where we're at, and she should not be just like she should just not be operating as a person. Um, seeing growing up like someone be so committed to just their walk with Christ. Like I remember waking up in the middle of the night, you know, you walk by my mom's room at like three in the morning to use the bathroom and she's on her knees praying, you know, walking, asking, you know, what, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm praying for you and your brother. Um, and just being so just literally the word is just faithful. Um, so faithful and consistent in her walk. And she just instilled that in me and my brother, man, like it's kind of like, yeah, I just haven't, yeah, I just, from, just from a very early, a very early stage of my life, um, seeing that example really set the tone, um, just for me in terms of like, okay, if she's taking this thing this seriously, and this has carried her through, like, there's something in this, right, you know? Jeff has adopted the faith of his mother as his own choosing to give God a shot for himself. Ironically though, Jeff doesn't make the seemingly obvious connection between his success and his personal faith in God. Instead, Jeff attributes his own success and even the success of his older brother, Kyle, to his mother's faithfulness. There was also a very unspoken standard at the same time too, right? Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think me and my brother are like going in like, quote unquote different paths like we have our own paths but like the grind and the hustle is the same right um but it wasn't something that was like super like ever like we sat down like yeah we both just need to be grinders we need to like it's just there's just a mutual understanding of like a we're doing this for our mother period right um and that has like I think, yeah, I think that is just a very unspoken thing between us um, that has just kept us moving forward and also understanding that like the blessings that I think we have been able to see, like, at least I know I could say for me in my life, no questions, hands down, is a direct result of like my mother's faithfulness. Um, so when the Bible talks about, you know, your children will be blessed, like I literally think like I'm living in the favor of my mother's like faithfulness to God. Um, and it's like, understanding that I don't take it for granted, you know? Um, I think it's easy. It would almost like for me, it would be disrespectful to do that. <laughs> um, 
it would literally be disrespectful to just like the years that she has put in what she continues to be at the same time so like at the end of the day man a lot of it man i do for her just because so much she did she sacrificed a lot for us um and just yeah incredibly grateful for that and like yeah bro i just love my mom man (laughs) this is like what is success to you it is a journey of becoming um i think that you know there's a text that says many are the plans in a man's heart but it's god's plan that prevails i believe um and i think you have an idea for how you want things to play out and you picture this life how this is going to happen and how that's going to happen um i think for me time and time again god is showing me like don't try to guess my next move for you stop trying to control my hand so it's for me it's just been a it's a journey of okay god like here i am have your way like in short just god's plan um i don't know i don't think i've reached where god has purposed me to be um the older i get i am seeing that god has put something in me to share with the world creatively what exactly that is i don't know yet um but i know i definitely want to impact the world um through stories like and specifically through films um but like this has been this is a this has been an ongoing journey like i didn't know from like a two-year-old like people are like oh i was two years old and i know i wanted to be a filmmaker like my story is not like that uh so i've gone through these very different stages and these very different phases of life that i'm seeing how they're all coming together to play for who god is calling me to be and where he's calling me to be so i would say my story is just me being it's yeah it's just me being open um i am here asking the lord just to have his way in my life bro and that's that's how everything i think has happened and is happening is just not being not being opposed to just god's plan playing itself out honestly at the end of the day man huge thanks to jeff for taking some time to talk to me If you want to keep up with what's going on in Jeff's life, you can find him on all social media platforms as at Jeffrey Emil. That's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-E-M-I-L-E. He actually told me that he loves good conversation, so his DMs are wide open. Like, I love good conversation, and yeah, just hit me up in the DMs or something. Go ahead and slide in there. Hey, this is Garrison Hayes, and that's all I have. Thanks for having me on your show, Jordan. End of program. Please return your cassette to your local library.